Retro Rebels brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released on Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. 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 So, we're not even going to discuss two weeks in a row and jinx it, so what's up? What's been going on? <laughs> I was just thinking, I better not mention it. <laughs> well, we didn't mention it. We mentioned, we didn't mention, we mentioned not mentioning it. That's fine. <laughs> Excellent. Um, listen, it's I'm very good. meta. It's very meta. And with the topic, I've, I've made so. the catastrophic mistake of downloading a mobile game. I haven't had one on my phone in a very long time because I don't know how to quit. Uh, I've got no staff, and as we <laughs> I speak, I have a problem. Yeah, as we speak, I am currently playing Best Fiends, which is a terrible game. It's not even good. I don't even want to pretend that it's good. Um, it's just addictive, like all mobile games are. <clears throat> I'm level eighty-one. I hate myself for downloading it. That didn't stop me. <laughs> no, no, none of. No, no amount of self hate is getting you out of there, is it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm deep in the uh, mobile game trap. So um, send help, uh, <laughs> send, send lifelines. All right. You know, whatever send, you want. send help, send help, please. <laughs> Very good. So I guess that's what you've been playing. Um, well, just for those uh, the uninitiated, including myself, what in the hell is that? So, Best Fiends is a sequence puzzle game. Um, okay. Just like uh, sort of your Candy Crushes and things like that. It's not exactly like Candy Crush. Um, and you have a little army of insect monsters that you um, sort of take forward in this little... Um, like set of levels right now I'm in level 85 dusty dungeon um, and you have like this is the the little uh, um, trajectory it's very candy crush like and then you have a little roster of your little monsters that you can level up and you can unlock new ones gotta catch them like honestly it's got every sort of trope that you would ever expect to find in a mobile game. I think that's why it's so shameful that I've downloaded it because I know better. Um, but uh, w one of my favorite creators on YouTube, um, this drag queen named Trixie Mattel was advertising it and I just downloaded it really to support them. Um, and then of course I played it and then instant regret. So <laughs> and now you're addicted. Yeah. Not, not enough regret. To change your behavior. Yeah, but. no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep playing this probably for a couple more weeks. Like the only positive that I can say <laughs> is that because it is fairly addictive, I did an extra seven minutes on the treadmill because I wasn't paying attention. So 
you weren't thinking about how brutal it was. Yeah. Right. I guess that's a positive. So know? I haven't spent any um, real money, thank goodness, but I, I wouldn't count that out because, once again, I'm not afraid to do that either. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, I, I'm considering that's a win uh, since you haven't spent any money. Uh, and it has pretty much every addictive trope known to gaming mobile and otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, well done, actually. You know, golf clap to you. Um, Thank you. We'll nice. see how long it lasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good luck. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm uh, fingers crossed that you don't spend any money on it. <clears throat> so, well, I've played a, actually played a couple of games. Um Two of which uh, I wrote on the notes, and so this will be up on the site. But these are probably two games that are on the on both ends of the difficulty spectrum. Uh, one was uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits. So this is both of these are games that are 2022 releases. So that's good, at least uh, kind of uh, relevant. But uh, Kena is one of the is I think it's a 2022 release. Um, anyway, it's a PS5 game and a PS4 game. Uh, or it's on the PS5 and PS4. Both of these are PlayStation exclusives too. So. So I uh, am not invited. You are not invited. You will not be playing these anytime soon. It is uh, an action adventure 2021 by Ember Labs. Is that Kena? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so it's very cartoony. Uh, I think you would like the. Uh, I think everybody would like the. The little. They're called rot, R-O-T. Right. And uh, the little rot creatures are, they're kind of like living fungus, maybe. Right. If that, that with really adorable uh, anime eyes. Oh, I think I remember that from the PlayStation 5 reveal, actually. I remember thinking yeah, the little and that creatures was, were cute. Yeah, and they are. Um, you got to collect them, and by collecting them, that improves your power uh, some of your skill set and then it also allows you to do more with the environment so you can use them kind of pikmin style to do things for you um so uh you know i was playing that between now and and our our previous episode and it was it was enjoyable you know i'm i mean i was going through uh i I think i'm probably about halfway through the the uh the, the story um it's a game that I probably will finish. Uh, the mechanics are f- pretty straightforward. Uh, once you've once you've kind of got those down, uh, you do have a number of enemies that'll attack you at the same time. You can use the rot to help you. But uh, I've actually I've really enjoyed it because it's a, it's kind of a palate cleanser to some of the other things I've played recently. It's it's very cartoony and lo- I would say minimal low stress, uh, very bright and shiny. And so that was something that was kind of just a good change of pace, especially considering the second game I played, which was Sifu. So, and that Sifu, uh, is a beat 'em up that came out yesterday. You're you you are never this on top of things. Well, I actually got to play it on Sunday because <gasps> if you if you paid the extra ten dollars, you got the soundtrack with it as well as uh, early access. So you got to play it two days early, and you got the soundtrack. And the soundtrack's actually pretty good. So uh, I got the soundtrack. It's a soundtrack art book for both games. Was like an extra ten bucks. So I I love uh, that we're I, just throwing ten bucks here or there willy nilly. You don't catch me doing that yet. Don't catch me. No, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. But 
we still have time in Vest Fiend, so we're going to see. You know, it hasn't run its course yet. No, God. Um, so, uh, so, but anyway, I, you know, to this extent, if I unplug my PlayStation from the internet, they'll never be able to take my, my art book away, my digital art book that, uh, <laughs> we've already discussed this. This is, it's, it's really, it's you doesn't basically exist. just it paid really them 10 exist. pounds for an NFT. I just want you to know. It's not even an NFT because anybody can have it. Unique. The exact same one. It's not even unique. So I paid ten bucks for the convenience of getting it early, or getting it at all, really. So, um, but I was really trying to do better and not just out of the out of the I don't know some misguided need to support gaming in general buy new games just to buy new games, you know, so I can support those companies. I've done that. I did that with the division and that was the beginning of the end for that. For me, I love like how division years two. on you're still so scarred by it. Like, <laughs> Oh, that game made me, that game made me physically angry. Like, oh, was, the, I was, the I was only game that has made me physically angry is cyberpunk 2077. That is yeah, the only game where I was like, no, this is bullshit. I've been ripped off. You didn't play Division, though. No, but to be fair, I didn't like... I Actually, I have played The Division, the first one. Uh, I didn't yeah. like it. There was, like, this dude standing in a doorway, and none of us could get to our mission. And I was like, nah. But I didn't pay yeah, for it. this. That's the difference. Like, like, when something's on Game Pass and I don't like it, I'm like, fair enough. I, you know, because I'll play... You know, maybe when, when I sit down every couple of months, I will play three or four games at a time and whatever one I like the most, I'll play for a bit, you know? So yeah, yeah. in it really in the span of things, I've paid like 10 quid a game. So I'm really not, you know, not right. fussed about it. Right, right. Actually, yeah, maybe less than that, I guess. Uh, you know, I guess it depends on how much the... Uh... Game Pass membership is there. I don't know what it's, it is. It's ten, it's 10 pounds. 10, 10 pounds and 99 pence. Yeah. So you get, you know, for three pounds or so, you get a game. Yeah. If you rationalize it that way, you know. Well, it just depends um, how many months go by before I play one, right? That's the... That's true. Well, that's your fault, though. Yeah. You know, you could it's have all It's not because I don't have time. It's just because there aren't any games out that really I'm... But, that's you know, true too. I'm that excited about playing, you know, unfortunately. That, that's true. And that's I think that's where Sifu came in is that I had been tracking it a little bit. I think we we either talked about it or I had wanted to talk about it last year when they were discussing it and it was coming out. It looked like a game I'd be interested in. And uh, and it absolutely is. It's uh, I I have it has a lot of uh, a lot of demon Demon Souls, uh, Soulsborne like uh, DNA in it. In that, it is very, it is challenging, and it's one of those, it's one of those games where you've got you you approach a situation and it is it's it's fair in how to beat it. You can see how to beat it. It's just I'm not disciplined enough to do the, to do the buttons in order to to beat this particular so it just sometimes i have to set it down and i have to come back to it no it does get I, frustrating i don't really enjoy a challenge anymore these days i have to be honest i want my entertainment yeah. to be easy i i've really i've really quite <laughs> that 
on rare occasions, I'll play something like Warzone, which is just straight up PvP and really test myself against other people. Yeah. But but the computer, oh. I don't find the computer challenging. Do you know? Like, if anything, it's just quite grindy. I'd rather just play on easy and live my life. <laughs> I get it. I, I totally get it. I I think I just look at it a little differently. I don't ever. I really don't have any desire to play uh, many games with other humans. I just don't. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't. I don't have just, many either. But but when I yeah. when I want a challenge, only other humans will suffice. You know. <laughs> uh, I are a real human. I promise. Um, <laughs> No, it, so Sifu's Sifu's challenging. It's got a death system that is difficult to to con, to distill into just a couple sentences. That uh, you know, as you die, you age, and so you start out really young and like no facial hair. You end with a long gray goatee and a long gray hair and a ponytail. And you're like an old awesome. Sifu, an old an old kung fu master. Cobra Kai. And, uh, yeah, well, you f- you do feel like a badass when you do it right. When you don't, it's like you get your ass handed to you. Aww. And so, um, and and I get a lot of that. Um, but I've enjoyed it, and it was to me, it was worth the money. I spent thirty bucks on it or something like that. And so for four, I thought games, it was ten bucks. This is good. No, I paid ten extra dollars. Ten extra dollars for oh, the art book. Oh, I see. And to be able to play it early too, so. I wasn't going to wait like the peasants. I'm going to well, play it now. Well, why would you? So, why would you wait? No. <laughs> no. I don't need to eat today, but I'm going to play this game early. So um, <laughs> anyway, so I, but I've enjoyed it. Both of those games, I think, they're on PlayStation. Ex- they're exclusive PlayStation games. But um, I would I would recommend them both. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a glowing endorsement necessarily. They're very different games, but they both were they both are enjoyable. So, um, yeah. So that brings us to the news. Unless you got any other gaming stuff that you've snuck in there that we don't know about. No, just news. Yeah. So for the news, Ooh. you got news. I do. I have two. I see, precisely two. I news. see two news. Yeah, two news. So the first one is more something that you would be tracking. So. Um, Blizzard's put up another jab advert, and this is, of course, following one where they were advertising for a completely new IP. It's like survival-based IP. Now they put up an advert for an expansion of an existing IP. And based on the language in the job advert, the sort of pundits online believe that it is a new World of Warcraft expansion. Ah, uh, well, that is coming. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that is coming. Um, everything else that I follow, even though I'm not playing right now, they, they've already pretty much uh, data mined what the expansion is going to be and everything. So um, they, they don't know 100%, but they're like, you know, in the 90% range of sure what, what the actual expansion is going to be. So that's that's very possible. But they are working supposedly on a new IP as well yeah yeah so that blizzard we, supposedly we doing on that last week so they've they've yeah. got a new ip and they're planning an expansion and an unannounced expansion for an existing ip which as far as anybody knows the only unannounced expansion that has to do with storytelling and things like that would be for world of warcraft so 
That's why right. everyone thinks that's what it is. Everything else has already been announced. Overwatch 2, Diablo, like everything's already been announced otherwise. Right, so. that's true. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it's just they haven't announced it yet, which is also true. So. And then, uh, did you have news, or shall I say my next piece of news? Well, I have one news, or one piece of news, because a lot of what's in the news right now is about the, the Steam Deck. So, yeah. But, um, I, I think... Um, that's kind of what you were about to talk to talk about as well. So I'll let, I'll let you say your piece and then I'll just add on that or just piggyback on it. Right. Well, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot to say. If you've been on YouTube, then you've seen some of the streamers and stuff get access to early versions of the Valve Steam Deck. Um, everyone does seem to like it as a fairly, af- they expect that it's going to be fairly affordable but yet powerful, portable PC gaming handheld that gives you access to the library and everything. Like there, At the moment, there doesn't seem to be any negatives about it, aside from not having mouse and keyboard control, which is a significant thing for people who you're used to playing on PC to overcome if that's how you usually did it. So, But aside from that, like early reviews do seem to be fairly positive about the game. Yeah. So. That is that's more or less what I've seen as well. Uh, but the same issues uh, that have that have come up with other handheld devices in the past, especially like powerful ones or ones that seem to have great graphics. I think the Game Gear comes to mind. If anybody that remembers that back that far, the Sega Game Gear that lasted about 30 minutes uh, unplugged or untethered from the wall. So you could play for about 30 minutes and then it would die. Or maybe a little bit more than that, but not much. Right. Uh, they're saying similarly with the Steam Deck that its uh, battery life is limited if you don't, you know, cap some of the, the some of the settings, uh, so that it's not using resources or tax, you know, maximally taxing the. But is it? The, I uh, mean, is it cloud? It's cloud streaming, isn't it? I, I think, but I think, yeah, because there's, I mean, it does have. Uh, it's got memory. Um, I think you can store on it. Maybe. I'm not sure. Because obviously with the Xbox Game Pass, you get access to their cloud streaming, which is fairly good. I have tried it. However, if you are not next to a Wi-Fi connection, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, only now that I have 200 gigabytes a month would I dare do it on public transport or something, you know, it, it, right. it use about, about a gig every half hour or so, you know, like it's pretty intensive, even on something not very graphically intense. Um, right. So that'd be interesting. I mean, maybe it does have storage. I don't know. I, I, no one really seemed to bring that up. I think a lot of people it, just accept that everything's streaming now. But yeah, you know, not everybody has unlimited data plans. Right. Well, and and I, I mean, here especially, I mean, outside of like you said, being right next to your modem uh, or the Wi-Fi connection, you you'll uh, you're gonna struggle. And I, I've got I've got fiber now at, at my house. Yeah. And um, they literally dug it through my yard, planted it, connected it to my house. It's I've got a mesh. Nest, you know, Google Nest system in my house 
to spread the, the Wi-Fi signal so that I can maximize it throughout my house. And I still have trouble streaming certain games. Not all games, but I still have trouble. I think uh, Xbox's streaming platform is better than PlayStation's at, the, at this time anyway. I still I have more trouble with PlayStation now than I do with Xbox Game Pass. I still do. So, uh, and that could just be me and my particular, I, I like both Xbox, uh, X, X, uh, box game pass has is superior in terms of the titles and the choices that you have. Uh, I think by far, but there still are good choices in both. And, and, uh, uh, although I, I give the nod to Xbox at this time, but still, I, I think from what I can gather, steam deck does allow you to save to the, the actual, and it, it supports SD cards and and other uh, external. It looks like storage. Yeah, it does look, it, but the base model only has 64 gig, which is basically right. like two games. So right. you know, I think a lot of people are going to be streaming, and I don't think that people realize that there's fairly limited applications for streaming. Like, just think yeah. of all the places where you do not have Wi-Fi, but where a handheld console is perfect. Like on road trips right. or in waiting rooms. And like, do you know, like right. there are lots of places where Wi-Fi is not available where you would be playing a game like, yeah. you know, at recess or what, you know, like these are <laughs> the, the perfect places. And you're if you have the base right. model, then you're going to have access to one, maybe two games on that. Right. You know, so that's just something to keep in mind if you're going to get it like and you know that you're going to want to use it where you don't have access to streaming then you know buy the larger storage model because they're saying even though you can upgrade the storage it's not as easy as you might think like you're going to they're going right. to find it's some not like way. a computer yeah they're going to find something right like you can't so. just plug it in another yeah, yeah but i mean look it looks super cool it really does and it steam does. is very affordable i have to say though it's free with Xbox Game Pass. Do you know what I mean? It's free. Yeah. It's so good. Do you know that it just uses your phone? Your phone has more storage than this thing does. Do you know? Like, right. already, it's much better. I, I don't know. I just really feel like, is it that yeah. good? I, I think Game Pass might actually have this. It's just that people don't have access to mobile data they can just burn through. I think that's the only difference. That's the only challenge. Yeah, that and, and controller, but I think you can you might even be able to get around that with your phone. I don't know. I, I Oh you they reason, have a I little controller. You, you it's can. like a it's like an actual Xbox controller with a little bracket on it. And you just clip it right yeah. onto your phone and it's there. It, the screen, yeah. I mean depending how big your phone is like the screen yeah. might even be bigger. It just depends how big your phone is. Yeah. Like bigger than bigger than the Steam Deck. But you know, I can guarantee point, you so. the battery life will be better because yeah. like cell phones have been working for years to get every inch of performance out of battery life. And right. the settings that you can change on your phone in order to increase performance of the battery life are way more detailed than anything that any handheld deck is gonna have. Yeah. So this is why I just really feel like Xbox has put something pretty good together, but, but you know, that doesn't mean that the steam deck isn't awesome. It's just right. And I think that it will come down to how much do you use steam? Are you, you know, are you just that 
uh, you know, are you interested in being able to take that library with you? And, and uh, you know, and a lot of people I think would be. I think that there's a, a large contingency of, of people who play games that would excel on something like that. Games like the games that are on there, like inscription or point and click adventures, things like that, I, that don't take up a lot of space uh, on your hard drive. I mean, you could have 10 or 12 games on there, even with, you know, the mid range or more and, and, uh, and be fine. So have plenty to do and enjoy to be a lot like the switch in that respect. So um, yeah, I mean, I think originally when this was announced, I was, I was definitely on board and was probably a hundred percent going to purchase it at some point. Uh, I'm, I don't think that I've changed my stance much on this. I, I'm still probably going to get it, but I'm going to wait and see at this point. I don't play my, I don't have time to play my, my switch as much as I'd like already. So I don't know that adding another handheld that's just going to stay plugged in is the answer. So, right. Most likely. But anyway, so that's that's really the news. The Steam Deck that that releases this month. So in a couple of weeks, uh, we ought to see, um, you know, the the waves that it starts to make. So keep your eyes on that. That brings us to our main topic today, Ooh. which is a uh, two weeks in a row. We are we are uh, pushing the envelope of of game journalism here uh, here on Retro Rebel. Doing big things. Discussing the hard the hard topics. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about what are we going to talk about today, Amanda? So we are something near and dear to your heart. The metaverse, masterminding the, the metaverse. Masterminding the metaverse. That is right. And um, what in the hell are you talking about? I know. Well, first off, alliteration is awesome. So any opportunity that to use true. it, I'm going to use it. Um, second off, uh, obviously Mark Zuckerberg changed the corporate name of the Facebook companies to Meta, had this big presentation about the metaverse. And I think for the people who are less familiar with digital culture in general, they probably believe that Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse is the end-all be-all of virtual space as a concept. But not only is that super dead wrong, because the history of metaverse as a concept is 20 years old this year, yeah. Yeah. But we've already seen several iterations of this. And the only reason why Facebook is primed to try to capitalize on this, and I say try because we're going to discuss if we think that they're actually going to do a good job maybe later, but um, is because of the number of technologies that they've been acquiring quietly over the last two decades. So um, I, I'll pop it, uh, I've popped it into the notes, and um, if we can get the rights to use it. Um, hopefully we can use this cool CNBC graphic, but I think it is really helpful to explain sort of the key things in technology that have enabled us to talk about 3D virtual gaming and business environments. So um, in 1992, Neil Stevenson coined the term metaverse. So that term to describe a 3D virtual space is 20 years old. So that's like the most important thing. Um, then Second Life happened in 2003. That was essentially a non-VR version of a metaverse. Right. Um, Roblox happened in 2006. Same sort of concept. 
Um, then you get cryptocurrency, which brings like decentralized money into it in 2009. Ready Player One was written in 2011. And that I think is the likely outcome of a metaverse. And we can go into that into more detail. Facebook bought Oculus in 2014. Um, Decentraland, which is like where everyone's been using crypto and stuff like that to buy virtual property. That started happening in 2015. Um, everyone went virtual property. Yeah, mm -hmm. virtual property. Okay. Um, everyone at Cuckoo for Pokemon Go that uses augmented reality. Although most people, in order to actually be good at the game, you had to turn that off, which I thought was quite funny. Um, it is. And Fortnite in 2017, it came out and they started doing virtual concerts and like unveilings and movie premieres and stuff like that, where everyone's gathering in this space. So that is sort of the social construct of the metaverse happening in reality. And that was cool. Like I watched a couple of the the world unveilings it was uh, very when my cool. son would be but playing it. They're not the first cool. World of Warcraft 20 years ago. People were having funerals and weddings right. and all sorts inside yeah. on the servers. So like, you know, serious gamers have been doing this stuff for 20 years. I, I don't think right. any older than 20 years, but round about 20 years, like the 2000s was when we all started doing this stuff. Cause World of Warcraft is 18 years old. So like, Eesh. this is sort of when we all started doing it. Um, and then I haven't heard of this game, Axie Infinity, that's running on Ethereum where people are training and trading mythological creatures that apparently came out in 2018. I didn't hear about it. It might not even be legal in my country. I've got no clue. Um, then, um, then in 2021, Mark Zuckerberg announced that they're going to do the metaverse and create this space for people to socialize, relax, do business, all sorts in a virtual world. So that's the timeline. Sounds and I good think, on paper. Yeah. Like the timeline is important, I think, to understand all the technologies that are like working to enable the metaverse. Is Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse the end all be all absolutely not because it's not open source like he wants to own something that by definition can't really be centrally owned because um ready player one is probably like the most likely scenario of what would actually happen um it even i would say it's maybe even a little optimistic so what i believe um is actually going to happen is that there will be some sort of base platform, which is probably just the standard internet that we're like all aware of. There'll be some sort of cloud computed server location that everybody logs into and different organizations will carve out spaces that are centrally accessible in an AR and VR environment. Um, and you'll go to these different spaces just like you would go to a bar, a restaurant, a club, a library. Like you'd go to those, but they, they would be digital versions of it. And I think they would be just to prone to capitalistic 
um, leanings as anything else. So I think on your, maybe worse, maybe worse, maybe worse. I think we would we're going to see. I've got some examples of that in these spaces, you know, the sort of FOMO. Oh, all your friends are currently hanging out in the Doritos waiting room. Like, do you want to go in there? Like it is going to happen because and I think this is the the biggest draw that no one is really talking about. But if we're all super honest, I think there are very few people on this planet that are 100% happy with their real life and their real self. Yeah. And there's something that all of us would probably improve or change about ourselves, where we live, who we are, what we look like, whatever, you name it, you know, there's probably something. And because of that, a digital world is probably a lot more exciting than we really realize. Because with with very good physical support, your brain is willing to accept a whole lot. Um, you know, so Ready Player One, they have these suits. They have 360 degrees of cables. They have full range of motion. Um, everything is augmented from a like physical fitness perspective, so they can run in place and dive and jump and do all those things. And that's actually quite good exercise and and all sorts, you know. But inside the game, you also have boosters, so a small amount of movement in real life translates to a huge amount of movement in a virtual space, you know, all that sort of stuff means that you can look exactly how you want to. You can interact with people that perhaps probably wouldn't give you the time of day in real life. Um, you can, you know, pursue passions that are not achievable for you in real life. And with the right level of haptic feedback across the entirety of the human body, every experience that is possible in the real world is theoretically possible in the metaverse. There's nothing that they couldn't find a way to duplicate. Like it's just, if the technology is already very good, what isn't, I think as good is the haptic feedback. I think everything else already exists. We have the pads on the floor that move all directions. We have all the cabling and everything like that. And it's actually not that impossible to turn into a consumer model. Like I've seen some things that already look quite good and they're not that expensive. You know, I think the only thing that we're missing is super realistic, full body haptic feedback suits. But like, I'm certain that they are there. I just am not in the right circles in order to. Yeah, it's probably prohibitively expensive at this point for that. What what I would be most worried about. So I did a little bit of research. And again, and this is the first I've looked into the metaverse because to be completely honest, I did not care. But but that being said, I also didn't realize uh, to to what extent the metaverse had already kind of, it already was here, I guess. So um, under the metaverse umbrella, Roblox is even in there. So uh, I read an article about Roblox and how uh, birth, you know, how kids were having their birthday parties in Roblox, especially during uh, the pandemic. And so they would get together with their friends and they could literally go anywhere and do anything you know, that they could imagine and play all these games together. And so that seemed 
about as wholesome as it gets. Like, I don't know that it gets any better in terms of like, this is the application that I think most people would be like, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's how this should work. Then on the other side uh, is Walmart and Nike, which I'm going to get to in just a second. But uh, there were two companies that I, that kind of stood out when I was doing research that were already, they're already providing a service that I didn't know was a thing. And this, uh, the two companies, one's called TouchCast and the other one's called Topia or Topia. I don't know the pronunciation, but either way, they're both virtual. They, their purpose is for professional settings. So what they do is they, they provide a setting for professional conventions or meetings. You can do presentations or whatever. Everybody meets at this virtual center and they've got like AI handling a lot of the business. So doing a lot of the presentations, doing a lot of the, 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 uh, you know, the, the activity in, in, in the program. And that was, uh, Topia and, and Touchcast both. Um, so that's, it was kind of a niche thing, at least from that perspective, it's all part of the metaverse, but that was a niche application used specifically for professional means, like for, you know, for conferences, Walmart and Nike, on the other hand, Walmart, this is where I think, uh, it could go awry. If it didn't, if it didn't go down the path, the altruistic path of the internet, and Ready Player One, where you just had this thing that should be accessible by all people that can get on there that should be accessible. Um, you've got Walmart, who has filed for multiple trademarks uh, to create their own currency. Of course. In 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 the metaverse uh, and financial services. So not just a currency, but a service for your currency, maybe like a digital bank or, and and with digital goods, Nike is coming up with, and they're hiring people to come up with virtual apparel. Yeah. Um, and they're not the only ones you can now get virtual versions of like Louis Vuitton and all sorts. What the fuck? Yeah. Because well, once again, like there are some people, I'm one of them, where a 500 pound handbag is just insane. But if I could look like I have a 500 pound handbag during my virtual business meeting for 10 bucks, do you know what I mean? Like the stat is symbol, like, and also if it's on Instagram, it's real. Like people are wearing completely virtual outfits on Instagram designed by virtual designers. In fact, Safia Nygaard, a pretty popular um, YouTuber did a, like a 30 minute segment where she purchased virtual clothing and had photo shoots in it and then posted that on Instagram to see if people could tell if the clothes were even real or not. And sometimes How crazy people couldn't is that? tell. How crazy is that? Yeah. But I mean, I, I totally get it. And see, I like, yes, it is scary that Nike will sell you shoes that aren't real. But like, once again, we've been buying shit that ain't real for 20 years. How many mounts have you bought in World of Warcraft? Do you know what I mean? It's basically mm. shoes. Not it's as many as I could fake have. shoes, dude. Like, there's no difference. But You're still getting like, around. I agree. I agree 100%. But what you have to keep in mind, or at least what I keep in mind, is I know for a fact it's not a real damn dragon. You know, I, I know that. I can't take it anywhere. I'm 
a little ashamed at the money I spent on that dragon, knowing it's not a real dragon. In fact, if I had the choice to buy a damn Louis Vuitton bag or a dragon, I'm buying a fucking dragon. I'm going to buy a dragon a hundred times out of a hundred times, but I can't. And so I have to keep it in perspective that it's, it's not real. And I don't know that everybody does that. And then what I would be most worried about, and again, this is getting more into an existential thing, but it's not real. So as long as people can separate the two that, and I mean this even to the, taking it to its natural conclusion, you're in a, you're in a virtual world with virtual things. It is real as it might be is not real. Well, still not I real. think yes, but if it smells like a duck and it tastes like a but duck, it won't smell if they can make it smell like a duck. I think, and I could, they will, if they can, like, well, have, they you, can, have you been to 4DX Cinema? Do you know what I mean? Like, they they put smells, they blow stuff in your face, they move the whole thing around. Like, if they're doing that in an industrial scale for cinema, like, there right. is so much to be gained from a business. I, I think that... Like... Yeah. Oh, I... There's Agreed. so much to be gained because it is a completely unlimited marketplace. You are not limited by geography or anything. You can find a price point where every single person on this planet can afford your widget, gadget, gadget, or whatever. Like you bought that dragon, you knew it wasn't a real dragon, but how much would you pay for it if it felt like a real dragon? If it smelled like a real dragon? If you could touch it? And it could touch you. Do you know what I, I have, like? How much I would have, you pay to really feel like you were riding a dragon? Because more than I would like to admit. Well, yeah, shocking amount, and we, but like we all would, you know. Like I right. think there are so many more applications than like we're thinking about. Like there are excellent applications. Like what about people who are in a coma or are to completely paralyzed or whatever, or people who are severely overweight who need to go into a super restrictive, like basically no calorie diet in order to like have a surgery or whatever. If you could just tap into the metaverse and believe that you are stuffing your face with McDonald's while your body makes the changes that it needs to change so that you can live life more normally, like all this stuff is super dope. Like, and it is possible because they've got water bottles now that shoot a scent up your nose and they make your brain think that you are drinking juice <laughs> that is that's it's incredible smell, it's not even flavor like it is crazy like they will nail this There's i'm going no to do research on that water bottle it. But Mark Zuckerberg isn't going to nail this. Like, he's not the guy. No. Like, it's pretty much every company. You can't be an out. Android and try to do this. So. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, every company is going to have to, like, put something forward. I think a lot needs to be done in terms of, like, physical simulation in order for it to be. And, and you know, I, I hate to be that guy. But they have to be able to simulate perfectly every sensation, which means, like, consumers are going to have to be primed to wear some pretty weird outfits to purchase scent blasters and all sorts as part of your like weekly shop you know like it's going to yeah. fundamentally the change the way that we live life but i think there probably are some benefits like you know if i 
thought I was eating a cheeseburger, but I wasn't physically eating a cheeseburger, how much healthier would I be in real life? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if they could deliver a nutritious Huel drink, but it tastes to me like I'm having a milkshake, you know, once again, how much better would that actually be for me in real life? Chocolate smell just just shot up your nose, like nonstop. To make that work. You know, like, but it's totally, it is possible. Like, all the technology that we have right now is all rudimentary, but it does exist, which means it's not impossible. It just needs refining. And that, I I, think, is a bit scary because I hate to admit it, but if I could spend my time just riding around in a dragon, I don't think I'd want to do much else. Like, (laughs) you know. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I, I, but I, I would caution from an academic, philosophical, psychological, there's just so many other variables to take, in, take into account. Uh, and, and to override the brain is to me a fascinating, how powerful the mind is to begin with. You know, uh, I know I mentioned it when we, when I guess last summer, one of the episodes we did, I talked about one of the issues that I had, and I, I've had these for years, every time I get on these um, AR-like rides, like artificial or augmented reality rides, where you're seeing something on the screen, but your seat is doing something different. So, like, if it looks like you're going up into the sky, then the, then the seat lifts up and turns, and it rotates like you're going up into the sky, and if you're swooping around or whatever, it, it'll it'll move with the screen. So it's supposed to make you feel like I'm my brain and what I'm seeing are supposed to be in line. But my brain says Mm-mm, every single time, every single time we do it. And I start getting motion sickness because my brain cannot, cannot process that signal. And what I'm doing, it's like, you ain't lying to me. I know better. I know I'm not out there. Yeah. I am in this seat and I don't feel well. This this ride sucks. Really is what my brain that that whole thing is what my brain's telling me. Yeah. Um a real a real uh roller coaster would be much better and it is. You know, for me. But that's just for me and I think get, overcoming that particular hurdle is going to be fascinating to me. I don't know how they're going to do it or how you would really have to you'd have to attack it from all senses. You'd have to attack it from every angle to override the, the, the brains, the brains want to, you know, the brain's going to want to override it back and say, no, this isn't real. None of this is real. You know, you, you know, your feet aren't on the ground. It's going to, it's just getting and receiving different signals. Yeah. So if you're hitting it from all, all senses, it might work. You know, Listen, there's, then, there's nothing yeah. to say that like it, isn't possible like we do have everything that you would need to do most of that stuff like i i can't think of anything that we haven't done for a different application that wouldn't like necessarily apply to that like perhaps you would need some sort of more analog device to simulate like riding on a creature because of the like correct amount of pressure and things like that you know that maybe that's possible but if everything else was correct and they were stabilizing your uh your inner ear balance in some way i know there are ways to do it because 
Like, I even got those patches when I was on a boat, and it was, like, a million times better because I get seasickness as well. And those are just stupid little patches from Amazon. Like, you know, there's right. got to be a better solution for it. Perhaps it's something that we all go and get injections for so that we don't get seasick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think right. the amount of stuff that human beings would be willing to do to themselves for the perfect existence is pretty substantial because not only could you have the perfect existence in a virtual space, but you could have a better existence outside of it. Do you know, like just from a physical standpoint, you know, if you were doing more active stuff and not eating cheeseburgers, like automatically you would just be better physically. (laughs) So, right. I, there's just a lot to it, and and I think uh, I think there's there's a lot of good. It's it's fascinating to me. It's very interesting. I'd be anxious to see, or at least interested to see where this goes over time and and track it because from an ethical standpoint, to um, you know, uh, literally from every academic perspective, I've got questions. But I. You know, I I see the merit. Like I I could I could totally see, and we've talked about it multiple times on this show about Ready Player One as an example, and just the effects of a virtual world and potential for it, and and uh, just what that might entail, and and would people be interested in that? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. People would be. Um, would it replace you know life as we know it? I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if it should. I, I think those are still questions to be asked. I don't think those questions are going to stop the advancement of the technology, though. It's going to come anyway. And it's, you know, as as has been the case with most of this technology, we normally ask, was it a good idea later? We don't ask it while we're doing it. You go ahead and invent it. And then you ask, was it a good idea? Um <laughs> Because, you know, and and being a scientist, you know, a practicing scientist, I know it's hard to believe, but myself as a profession, uh, I know a lot of times we don't necessarily ask the ethics of a question just in terms of our participants. Are we doing right by the participants? Are we are we are not putting them in harm's way or what what we're doing? The outcome should uh, benefit them more than it could potentially harm them. If you're not doing that, then you're, you know, you're doing it wrong. But that's kind of the end. That's where it ends. Outside of that, if we create something new and somebody uses it for evil, well, that wasn't my intent when I was creating this. And, and the people that I was testing it on, this was meant to be good and to, for the betterment of people. Um, and so I, I definitely, you know, Walmart's going to come in and create their own NFTs and cryptocurrency. There's nothing that's going to stop that. It's, you know, you just need to do your research and please, for the love of God, don't buy Walmart currency. You know, just <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. You know, so. But I think it remains to be seen. It's going to be very interesting. I, I, it's advanced much farther than I actually thought it had at this point. It, I had to do a little bit of research. I was like, there's no way that Meta's going to be anything on Facebook. I was just like, the demographic on Facebook is 40 plus. So those are the people that you're going after for this. That shouldn't be the people you're going after. That's the people with the money, but that's not the people that the people that think this is exciting are everybody under that, you know, for the most part, that's, that's the demographic you're, you're trying to reach. And so, and they don't have any money. They still live at home, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) That's a whole other financial economic issue, but 
nonetheless, I think this is a fascinating topic. It's not one that's going away. It's one that's going to continue to uh, develop. And I'm interested to see where it goes. So final thoughts on this. Uh, listen, I just think we are. You're right. We're way closer than I think anybody realizes. I think it's just a matter of companies putting together the disparate pieces. It is going to come from companies like they because they have so much to gain from this. And I'm yeah. hoping that it's and a nice place instead of a place like Best Fiends full of every possible <laughs> microtransaction trigger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and you're just constantly batting them away and eventually they're going to get through eventually they're going to get through oh man well i agree i think uh let's see where it goes everything can't be nfts and fake money and and virtual places but if that's the case you should never run out of virtual property right am i am i wrong there i mean i should always be someplace virtually Oh, yeah, there'll be someplace. Unfortunately, it won't be near any of the cool or hip or desirable locations to be. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, even in WoW, even in WoW, there are a lot of cities nobody ever goes to and hangs out in. You know, like, why is it everybody just in Stormwind chilling? You know? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a better superior place you know and I was always in the Exodar but that's because my first main real main character because I played a Tarin before that but I was a I was a Draenei and so I was partial to the Exodar it's it's a ghost town nobody goes there the only time you go there is when you're forced to because of the story there's no other reason to go there so yeah so yeah that's where the property will be in the Exodar where no one wants to that's right (laughs) <laughs> that's right well it'll be me y'all can come visit <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah. well that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion all the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site templeofgeek.com if you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions sound off in the comments or messages on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast and please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us because that really helps our show until the next time see you later